Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all that they heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Welcome to the Brookwood Church Sunday Message Podcast. In today's episode, we conclude the series, Jesus at the Center of Christmas. The message is titled, Carrie Christmas. Here's today's guest speaker, Josh Masters. Well, good morning, Brookwood. I'm back. I'm like... I'm like a bad penny. You can't get rid of me. I'm so, so grateful to be here. Uh, Already many of you have uh, asked me about an update from Bridge Builders, so I'll just add that on to the beginning here very quickly. Uh, In late October and into November, we, uh, myself, Mike Heplo, who is the missions partner, uh, pastor here, and Natalie Meeks, who is the president of Bridge Builders, we brought a team of 12 people over to Latvia from Brookwood and several other churches, and we were able to uh, work with refugees and and encourage refugees, and they encouraged us. And also, we began construction of a chapel at Eagles Wings Camp, which is uh, the youth camp that we work with over in Lafayette. So that was really exciting, and the people from Brookwood were amazing, and we're so, so grateful. Uh, In two weeks, Natalie and I will go back to Latvia, uh, where we will be doing some Celebrate Recovery training, training pastors and ministry leaders in Celebrate Recovery, or what we call Ista Briviba. And then a good bulk of our trip will be going into Ukraine with humanitarian aid. So we will fly over to Latvia, then drive the 13 hours into Ukraine and uh, bring humanitarian aid and work with our partners there. So we appreciate your continued prayers for the work being done at Bridge Builders International. Uh, But today, I am home, and I am excited to be home, and I'm excited to be with you here at Brookwood Church, and thank you to Brian for inviting me to speak, uh, because today we are going to conclude our series on Jesus at the center of Christmas, and we're going to do that by looking at one of the most well-known Christmas passages in the Bible, the story of the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. So if you want to go ahead and turn or swipe to Luke chapter 2, you are welcome to do that. If you are using the Bible that we use here at Brookwood, it's on page 822, 822. 
for Luke chapter 2. And maybe when Emily, uh, who did a great job, thank you, Emily, uh, when Emily read the passage a few moments ago, maybe a few of you thought, well, that, that's the Christmas story. Shouldn't we have done that passage before Christmas instead of after Christmas? I, I actually had the same response at first. But here's the thing. God's word is good the whole year. Amen? It's not just good for a season. It's good for the whole year round. So the challenge I want to give us as a church to close out this series and to close out this, this um, year is for us to not treat this passage like it's just the passage we read at Christmas. But I want to challenge us to ask if we are willing to carry Christmas beyond December. Can we carry Christmas throughout the whole year? Can you box up your ornaments but not box up Christmas and carry it for the whole year? Because to be the center of my Christmas, Jesus has to be the center of my life. To be the center of my Christmas, Jesus must first be the center of my life. And the word Christmas comes from two words, right? Christ, Mass. The Mass of Christ, right? That's the festival or the church service that celebrates the birth of Jesus Christ. The Mass has been in place for hundreds and hundreds of years. And most people know that, but here's something you may not know. Do you know where the word Mass comes from? It comes from the Middle English word Missa or Misa, which was actually the dismissal that would be given at the end of the service celebrating Christ's birth. So it was really just the piece at the end. And now it's come to mean the whole service, Mass. But what it literally means, the dismissal at the end, what the dismissal actually means literally is go, to go together or to send out. And get this, they would have known that that word missa, that means to go or to send out, is connected to the Latin word for mission. So in the 12th century and later, the priest would end the Christ mass by sending people out together on a mission to share the gospel. Now that's a very old definition. But what if we approach the celebration of Christmas not just as a season, but as a preparation to go out into the world? What if instead of going back to work on Tuesday and being like, oh, I've got all these credit cards, I hate all these people I work with. What if we used Christmas as a preparation to go out into the world and to be sent with purpose throughout the rest of the year? What if we see the Mass in Christmas as a call to Christ's mission, to share the gospel of Christ's birth and life and death and resurrection every single day of our lives? What if we treated it like that? Not just Christ Mass, Christ mission. We call December 25th Christ Mass, Christmas. But every day of the year should be Christ's mission. That should be our focus. That should be our drive. That should be our desire. That should be our hope. 
Because Jesus isn't just the reason for the season. He's the reason for being. So how do we do that? How do we carry Christmas as a mission and purpose throughout this entire coming year as a church? Let's look at the story of the shepherds in Luke 2. And as we do that, we're going to examine four characteristics from the shepherds that we want to borrow so that we can do that in our own lives. We start in verse 8, Luke 2, 8. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Now, these shepherds, the position of a shepherd was not well regarded at all. You know, these men would have been considered unclean, unholy, and excluded from all religious events or festivals. They were considered the very dregs of society. These shepherds are the outsiders. And yet, as we know, God chooses these dirty untouchables to be the first to worship the Messiah. That's a great lesson in humility and who we spend our time with. But it may also have a deeper reason that we'll talk about in a minute. Continuing in verse 9. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them and they were terrified. So here's something I think we often miss because we're so familiar with this verse that we miss something. What is terrifying the shepherds? The angel? The light in the darkness? Those things are scary, but that's not what it says. It says the glory of the Lord surrounded them and they were terrified. And when it says the Lord's glory, it's the same Greek word used to translate Yahweh, the name of God from Hebrew. They are terrified and in awe of the glory of God, the glory of Yahweh. Exactly. We carry Christmas throughout the year by living in awe of God's glory and miracles. We carry Christmas throughout the year by living in such a way that we continually are in awe of God's glory and miracles. Now, of course, this is obviously a very unique encounter, what the shepherds are experiencing. But do we live in awe of God's glory and miracles in our everyday lives? I think the answer is usually no. But look at Psalm 33. Let the whole world fear the Lord and let everyone stand in awe of him. Now, to be fair, we probably could not live in the same state of fear and awe that the shepherds are in right now because we wouldn't be able to function. Right? I mean, like we wouldn't be able to live our lives if we were in that state of fear and awe. But we should be living with a taste of that fear and awe every moment of every day. And you may say, well, if God sent me an angel, then I would be in awe. If God sent me an angel, then I would listen. Are you sure? Are you sure you would? This is a difficult truth. But if God sent an angel to you right now, 
you may not be any more likely to live in awe of him than you are right now. And how do I know that? Because he sent you the Holy Spirit. God himself speaks to you. If you are a child of God, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, then he speaks to you through the Holy Spirit. God is speaking to him, to you himself. And if that doesn't move you, a visit from an angel certainly won't. God spoke to me very clearly when he called me to be a pastor. He called me at nine years old. And I followed that path until I went to college. And then I ignored him for 12 years. I never doubted it was God. I never doubted it was my calling. I never doubted it was him who spoke to me. But I pushed down the glory so I could do what I wanted. 12 years. There are miracles of God's glory around us everywhere. And we have trained ourselves to drown them out. Look at this verse from Romans. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. And neither do we. We are surrounded by God's glory. The Spirit of God is in us. So we don't need him to send us an angel. We need to slow down long enough to see the miracles that are already around us. Because when we do that, it changes our perspective. It, it changes our attitude. And then instead of being the grumpy Christian at work that's not attractive to anybody, people start noticing the joy you exude because you're in awe of who God is. You're in awe of his creation and you're in awe of his creation within you. That's what draws people to Jesus Christ. We continue in verse 10. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Mashiach, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And if you grew up watching Charlie Brown, you know it this way. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. If you want to be in awe of God and build a healthy fear of his glory, I encourage you to just meditate on that one verse. Put time aside. Meditate on just that one verse. Don't skim over it because you know it. Take in every word. For unto you is born a Savior. He is born. He became fully human. Born for you, unto you. Unto you is born a Savior, a personal, intimate, individual Savior for 
you. And he is Christ or the Messiah of Israel, the King. And he is Lord, the master of your life, the master of creation, the master of everything, the master of breath, the master of life. Meditate on that verse. It's glorious. His glory is imprinted into it. And when we live in awe of those truths, it transforms us. It transforms the way that we interact with other people. And then the angel continues. One of the most beautiful things. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. How humble. And God is in every detail of this story. And this sign may be much more significant than what we actually take from it. Now, of course, you read, you do your own research. But many scholars believe that based on how close the shepherds were to Bethlehem, the timing of the year, the prophecy in Micah 4.8, many people believe that these were not everyday shepherds. Now, they were still considered dregs of society and outsiders, and all that is still true. But many scholars believe that these were the temple shepherds. And what the temple shepherds did was they oversaw the raising of the sacrificial lambs for the temple. You see where I'm going? An important part of the temple shepherd's job was to find the spotless, blemishless lamb that could serve as a sacrifice for the sins of the people. So they had to find this lamb, the perfect lamb to be sacrificed. Make sure that it is a lamb that is worthy of being slain for the sins of the people. And you know how they did that? They would want to make sure, if they found this perfect lamb, that the lamb didn't get injured when they were inspecting the lamb. So you know what they would do? They would swaddle the lamb in swaddling clothes and then lay them in a stone manger. And now an angel of the Lord sends them to find the lamb of God wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a stone manger. Now, maybe they didn't know or understand that they were inspecting the final sacrificial lamb. But God's detail is in every moment of this story. And it's in every moment of your life, too, if you're willing to look for it. Verse 13. The great promise. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, and they were praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is well pleased. With whom God is pleased. Now we probably feel better about the old version, right? Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill to men, all men, right? Because it feels good, it's inclusive, but that's not what the text says. In the Greek, it says, 
with whom God is pleased. We'll talk more about that in a moment. But that promise of peace on earth to those who he is pleased with has been translated into over 1,600 languages. And it still has not touched everyone in the world. But this promise is, is beautiful in every language. And, and many of you know, as I spoke about at the beginning, that um, I'm now a Brookwood missions partner as a missionary to Latvia, which if you don't know where that is, it's over by Russia. Um, so I would love to share this beautiful word with you in Latvian. Do you want to hear it in Latvian? And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, wow, Josh, you've only been gone a couple months and you're, you're already reading the Bible in Latvian? Yes, I am. Here's my copy. This is the level I'm at. But we'll move to the big one later. But even in a children's Bible, it's a beautiful promise. Gued divam agstiba un mirs virs zemes un silvecium labs prats. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Whatever version, whatever language, whatever age level you read it in, we can have peace in our lives here on earth when we step out of our earthly perspective and see things through the glory of God. And so we carry Christmas throughout the year by remaining in awe of God's glory and miracles. But then what do the shepherds do? Verse 15. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby, the Lamb of God, lying in the manger. Now earlier we asked the question, if God sent us an angel, would we listen? Here's the second question. If he did send us an angel, and even if we did leave, I mean, even if we did listen, would you leave your field? The shepherds could have easily said, that is amazing news, but I, I can't leave these sheep. This is my job. Or that's incredible, but it's the middle of the night. We, first thing in the morning, we're going to go check this out. But no, immediately... They say, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass that the Lord told us about. Let's go and find the Messiah. Let's go see where God is working. Let's go right now. So we also, number two, we carry Christmas throughout the year by living to encounter Jesus and go where God is working. We want to encounter Jesus, live our lives in such a way that we're constantly seeking to encounter Jesus and go where God is wor working. Because the passage says that they not only went immediately, but they hurried. They hurried to Bethlehem. And they found Mary and Joseph, and they found the Lamb of God lying in a manger. And because they went where God was working, they had an encounter with the living Savior. Look for where God is working. 
go there and you will encounter Jesus Christ. Psalm 66 says this, come and see the works of God who is awesome in his deeds toward the sons of men. The moment the shepherds knew where God was working and where they could find the Messiah, they hurried to that place. Catch this, not just to see what was happening, but to participate. To participate in the work that was being done by God. How many opportunities, be honest with yourself, how many opportunities do you think you miss to participate in what God is doing? How many of those opportunities do we forfeit on a weekly basis? Have you ever had that, that knowing feeling from the Spirit to go encourage someone? But you pushed it down, right? Because they might think that's weird. Or, or that feeling when you're driving that you need to turn your car around and go back to help someone or talk to someone or give them something. No, my car is going this way already. That would be weird. Or maybe you're holding off on an apology or a conversation that has to happen. See, the Spirit invites us into His work all the time. But do we listen? And even if we do listen, will we leave our field? Are we willing to drop everything and leave our field to go where God is working, participate in how God is working, and then encounter Jesus? Do we hurry to go to see the thing that has come to pass? And we have lots of supporters at Bridge Builders International who say the reason that they go with us on mission trips and the reason that they give of their resources is because they see that God is working in Latvia. They see that the work and humanitarian aid in Ukraine is getting past all the politics to the people who are hurting. And God will open your eyes to a particular place where he's working when you are open to seeing it, when you're looking for it. We carry Christmas through the year when we constantly look for where God is moving and then go there so that we can participate and have an encounter with Jesus Christ. And then what's incredible when you do that, when you look for where God is working and then you participate, you have an encounter with Jesus Christ, you discover something amazing. That some of the work that God is doing is in you. Look at Philippians 2. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Okay, don't miss this connection. It's important. When God works in you, he gives you the desire. Let's leave this up here for just a moment so people can look at it. He gives you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. And what does the Christmas story tell us is given to people with whom God is pleased? Peace on earth. Right? Peace on earth. So, when we read 
in the scripture and it says, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased, it makes us feel like we have to do something. Like if I don't please God, I can't get peace. That's not what it's saying. You just look for where God is working. You have an encounter with Jesus Christ. You allow him to work in you and you receive peace on earth through the power and the desires that he gives you for free. He's doing all the work. Glory to God in the highest. And when you have that kind of transformation, you will instinctively and boldly do the same thing the shepherds do next. Verse 17. After seeing Jesus... The shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, and it was just as the angel had told them. We cannot carry Christmas if we do not tell the story of how the birth of Jesus Christ has changed our lives. We cannot carry Christmas without declaring the wonders and the miracles and the power of what we have witnessed in our lives because of Jesus. So we carry Christmas throughout the year by number three, living and sharing our story. Living and sharing our story. If you want to be more spiritual, you can write down the word testimony. That's the, that's the spiritual answer. But notice that it doesn't say living to share your story. It says living and sharing your story or testimony. That's because you testify to the Messiah's life in how you live and in what you say. You have to be committed to both, right? Because there are some Christians who talk about Jesus all the time. They're constantly talking about Jesus but they're also the grumpiest, most bitter, awful people. That doesn't attract anybody to Jesus Christ. But you also have Christians who are a little bit more shy and say, well, I'm going to let my life be a witness, but I'm never going to say the name Jesus in front of someone because I don't want to make them uncomfortable. Oh, now I've offended everybody. I got both ends. Here's the thing. When we love someone, we can't help but talk about them. Am I right? Parents and grandparents. Consider how often you pull out your phone, right? And you say, hey, well, here's little Jay's first grade picture. Isn't he adorable? I'm going to show it to everybody. Or how many people say, oh, oh, Abby just got back from college and she has this great job opportunity. We are programmed to invite others into our stories and sing the praises of those that we love. And when we are in a relationship with Jesus Christ, we will do the exact same thing with him. We will be programmed to share our love for him with others. If your life has been radically changed by Jesus Christ, you won't be able to stop telling people. And I don't mean beating people over the head with a Bible. I certainly don't mean handing out tracts, gospel tracts. That's not what I'm talking about. Share the brokenness 
that's been healed in you through the power of a God who came to rescue you through the humility of a manger and a cross. Share your story. That's what we talk about in Celebrate Recovery all the time. How has he changed you? You don't have to be a Bible scholar to share your story. It doesn't say that the shepherds told everyone about the fulfillment of Isaiah 9 with a full exegesis of the scroll. No, they shared their own encounter with a living God. And that was enough to make it into this book. The psalmist put it this way, I will tell everyone about your righteousness all day long. I will proclaim your saving power. Though I am not skilled with words, so no excuse. I will praise your mighty deeds. Oh, sovereign Lord, I will tell everyone that you alone are just. Does the glory and the miracles and the works of God come out of you continually like a song? Because it's not a weapon, it's a song. Does his saving work in your own life inform every interaction that you have with other people? I don't always do it right, but that should be our desire. Let's read the final verses of our passage today. Verse 19. But Mary kept all these things in her heart, and she thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and all they had seen, for it was just as the angel had told them. So to carry Christmas, we seek to live our lives in such a way that we stay in awe of God's glory and miracles every day. And we look for where God is working and we participate in it and we encounter Jesus in it. And then we share our stories of what God has done in our lives, both by the way we live our lives and what we say. And here's the last one. We carry Christmas throughout the year by living in a continual spirit of contemplation and worship. Contemplation and worship. Now, in these two verses that we just read, there are two very distinct forms of worship in the verses that we just read. Mary expresses quiet contemplation. And the shepherds loudly proclaim the glory of God. One is active adoration. The other is reflective prayer, being still before God. Here's the call for us to openly worship and testify. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And then here's the call to contemplation and meditation. Be still and know that I am God. And we spend a lot of time in the modern church creating opportunities for outward worship. And that's very good. But we don't spend as much time on quiet contemplation, on meditating on scriptures. 
In the coming days, this has been on my heart a lot. So in the coming days, the first week or so of January, I'm starting a year of meditating on Scripture with reflective prayer. And it's a project that I'm calling Experiencing the Word. And if you would like to join me, just find me on social media. You are welcome to join me. But we need to learn how to meditate on Scripture and have reflective prayer rather than auditory prayer or in addition to. When God gave Joshua his commission to take over for Moses, he told Joshua that he would only be successful in leading Israel if he meditated on the scriptures day and night. And the psalmist wrote it this way, Oh, how I love your instructions, referring to scripture. I think about them all day long. Oh, how I love to meditate on your word and your promises, God, and I love to do it all day long. Mary kept all these things in her heart and she pondered them. Jesus isn't just the reason for the season. He's the reason for every breath that we draw. He's the reason that we can have peace on earth, the reason that we can survive this broken world without being destroyed. Do you want that peace? And if you do, are you willing to carry that peace out into a world that doesn't know Jesus Christ and carry Christmas into the new year? Who wants to do that? You want to carry Christmas into the new year? And for the whole year? Then let's take a moment to do just that. Let's contemplate. Let's ponder in our hearts. So what I want you to do is I want you to close your eyes. No looking around, no packing up your stuff. It's not time to go. I know your tricks. It's not a time for packing up. This is a time for contemplation and pondering. Just be still and ponder this passage in your heart. Think about the four things that we talked about that help us carry Christmas into the world. And as I read the words again, I want you to ask God what he needs to teach you and be open to what he wants to say. What does he need to teach you in this new year to carry the hope of Christmas for the rest of the year? Does he need to teach you how to better see his glory and live in awe of it? Does he need to teach you how to see where he's working and go there? Do you need him to help you learn how to have an encounter with Jesus Christ or share your story or how to worship in a more intimate way? What is he calling you to to draw you closer to him? Ask him that as I read. And then I'll give you a few extra minutes of quiet contemplation. So no moving, no looking around. Just close your eyes and have this moment with God with nobody else. That night, there were shepherds staying in their fields nearby. And they were guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them. And the radiance of the Lord's glory 
surrounded them and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And you'll recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. And they were praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is well pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in a manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said about to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart. She thought about them often. She pondered them. And the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. For it was just as the angel had told them. If the Spirit is speaking to you, stay in that moment. But when you're ready, just slowly, don't rush, open your eyes. If the Spirit has moved you in some way today about one of these points or more, and you feel like you want to have someone to talk to you or pray with you, we will have pastors and care volunteers down front after the service, also in the care connection room. So as we close, let me ask you this. Who remembers what the mass in Christmas means? Mission. And it's a closing, a benediction. It was the final word spoken in the service. A dismissal that meant go. Missa, you have a mission. So as I pray, I say this to you. Go out and live a missional life that carries Christmas to those who don't have the hope of Jesus Christ. Will you stand with me? Father God, you are a God that is worthy of praise. We can't understand your full glory, but give us an awe of your glory. Reveal it to us in such a way that we can't ignore your glory your gift to us that we celebrate at Christmas is not something that we should put in a box with our ornaments. So I pray, we beg as a congregation that you would teach us how to carry your hope 
and your glory and your miracles and your saving grace to a broken world. Show us how to carry it into Simpsonville and Greenville and outside of the state to Latvia and Ukraine, to Africa, to everywhere. Let our lives be a testimony of what happened in that humble place where your son began his sacrifice for us. We give you praise and we ask you to send us out on mission. We ask with the authority and the power and the strength of Jesus, the Messiah, the King and Savior. Amen and amen. We are grateful you joined us today for the Brookwood Church Sunday Message Podcast. There is a daily devotional companion for the Jesus at the Center of Christmas series that you can follow. This will help you spend time with God every day. You can find the daily devotional on the Brookwood Church app. On the app, you'll also notice that you can share the day's devotion you're reading with your friends and family through text messaging, email, or your social media. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week and Happy New Year.